Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to making sure your apps are all updated. It's issue eight. Oh, hey, broken UI. Distraction, distraction. Wherefore art thou? Distraction. <sighs> Let's flip the tube on. As 2020 continues to wear on all of us, we find ourselves more and more turning to the world of entertainment for a way out of looking at the real world, which has actually worked out quite well in our favor because uh, recently we've actually been uh, awarded quite a number of uh, interesting and well, uh, very bountiful streaming services that provide hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content, most of which you could never get to the bottom of, even if you tried. Now, that isn't to say that the idea of streaming content is something new that came about Recently, we've been enjoying it for a number of years now. And more pointedly, the war to figure out which streaming service is going to survive the battle for supremacy has been the more interesting conversation in this area. Certainly, the phrase Netflix and chill is starting to feel a little bit of competition from some of the competitors, which offer a variety of different and, of course, similar options to choose from. Shame, shame, shame. It is a shame, shame, shame. Which is a pity because each of these services could offer something that is incredibly unique and could be presented in a way that is much more interesting. And unfortunately, all of them offer the same old, same old. Like, for real, that is such a drag. Yo. Which is a polite way of saying that be it Amazon, Disney Plus, or HBO Max, the presentation and the experience of using them is pretty much all the same. You are endlessly scrolling through small, tiny little thumbnails of movies and TV shows you may or may not be interested in, and if only you could trust the algorithm. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. This brings to mind, unfortunately, the experience that many of us are going through as we navigate the rest of our lives, and not just the entertainment portions of it. That is to say, we are all suffering from the urge to continuously scroll through all of the news headlines. Keep on scrolling on, my scriggities! The cutesy term for it is, of course, doom scrolling, and it is absolutely powerful in describing what we are going through. 
I feel this weird and strange urge to constantly check to see if there's any updates on Twitter or anywhere for that matter until I get sick of seeing the same things over and over again and turn my phone away for about 10 seconds. That is a long time for a computer. And this is something I think that all of us are going through, so I know I'm not alone. The fact that there's a name for this syndrome is more than enough evidence to make me feel less crazy, I hope. I was in my room, and I was just like staring at the wall thinking about everything, saying, yeah, I was thinking about nothing. But this does open up a very interesting and weird conundrum. Why, especially in a period of our history when so much of our life seems to be dictated by endlessly scrolling through applications, do our viewing and entertainment options become so littered with that exact same function? I feel like I'm constantly doom-scrolling through Disney+, Plus, looking for something that might or might not even be there. I get so many layers deep in my searches on Amazon that I'm not quite sure where I am anymore in terms of what brought me to that particular app to search for in the first place. And then, of course, if I do find something I want to watch, it's kind of often with a half-hearted, well, that's an option. And then I just keep looking. But on the other hand, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's the letter U and the numeral. Nope, definitely not. I haven't found it. I just can't seem to find it. That's the letter U and the numeral too. Nope, definitely not. I haven't found it. That's the letter U and the numeral too. Come on. It is a shame, really, because all of these apps basically look the same and basically function the same and unfortunately, offers some of the same content in weird overlapping ways. It makes me feel a little bit odd that we have so many of these services in our house, because how many of them are we actually watching every night? My endless quest to find entertainment is actually cutting into my time that I can spend watching entertainment. Oh, that's a noodle scratcher. In the earliest days of Netflix, and this may be hard to remember for people who weren't there over 10 years ago, there was a bottom Hello? to the website. Hello? In fact, a lot of the internet used to have a bottom. The internet itself had a bottom. You could actually see almost all of it if you were diligent. Or if you just decided that there were parts of it you were never going to be interested in. You gross. But Netflix in particular had this list of films. And when you were at the bottom, that was it. And I remember those days of carefully organizing my queue, of sorting out, well, I clearly never want to see this movie, versus, hmm, maybe I'd like to see this one someday. There seemed to be some sort of joy in knowing that, oh, okay, well, that's all there is. And then when they'd add a few new things, it was actually kind of nice. Oh, they finally do have Time Bandits. Great. I feel the power of evil coursing through my veins, filling every corner of my being with the desire to do wrong. But now, we've entered this strange hellscape, where as we're logged into these apps, we never get to the bottom. For many of these services, there is no complete list of what's available on them. 
Some ways you search reveal certain kinds of results. Other ways you search reveal different results. Trying to find just a list of one thing from one genre can be daunting. And then, of course, you've got to remember what's on one list when you want to compare it to a different service. Tracking down whether or not you can even stream a movie at any price, let alone if it's freely available with the ones that you already pay for, can take most of an evening to accomplish. And when you finally decide that, no, you can't find the original Clash of the Titans for some reason because it's in this weird limbo state between ownership of who has the rights for this particular company, <sighs> maybe you don't even want to watch that movie anymore. I demand justice! Justice? justice. Lord of What am I saying? I'm always in the mood for Clash of the Titans. At least, the original one. We don't talk about the remake. What? Interestingly enough, as we move forward through this year, some of these services are starting to step up in terms of the content and collections that they have available. It used to be incredibly difficult to find a movie that was made before 1980 available anywhere on any service, even if you were willing to wait for the disc to come to you by mail. So when Amazon Prime started to open up a very deep catalog of frankly strange and unheard of B-movies, almost all of them in black and white, it certainly piqued my interest in terms of how come we can't find more of these films more freely available. This is probably going to sound like one of those nostalgic tangents that so many people tend to get on, but there was this absolutely fascinating experience growing up of channel surfing and finding strange weird movies popping up at all times of the day. This is how I probably first saw King Kong, how I even know who the Honeymooners are. I think I probably consumed a fair number of Godzilla movies that way. Sometimes you'd miss the first five minutes of a film and for years you wouldn't really know what you'd seen. And then you'd have to leave before the credits roll, and so you don't really know what happened, or who that was, or what it was about. And those kinds of mysteries are just not possible in this streaming era. There are some specialty services, of course, that do have a non-stop stream of video just pouring out for you to watch. And some of them are absolutely fascinating, and worth checking out. It has that experience of, what's next, without absolutely being sure. Although, I think in all of them so far, I've been able to find a certain kind of playlist available for the true believers who really want to know. Regardless, the experience of not knowing what's to come next has actually been replaced by this endless scrolling that we do through all of these applications. And to what end, really? Amazon Prime seems to have a bunch of B-movies, but not a lot of heavy hitters. Disney Plus certainly keeps their content narrowed to a very limited number of franchises. However, they seem to go fairly large with what they can offer in those genres. Still, I'm often surprised at what is not on there versus what is. When are we finally getting moonlighting? 
HBO Max is definitely an interesting compromise. The previous HBO application was really limited to just what was on that particular channel. And now they've brokered deals with TCM, Cartoon Network, and a number of other studios to offer quite a number of interesting films and television options, many of which you couldn't really find easily previously. It's just that easy. The most recent of these, and the underdog for sure, is Peacock, the new NBC alternative that's going to have a number of movies and TV options, and will have a free and pay service at a tiered rate, I'm sure. This seems to be a move that was made in anticipation of CBS All Access transforming into their new service, which I'm not quite sure if it's even out or available yet. But the idea here is that as we have more and more of these apps, essentially more and more channels available on our cable service that is the internet, we are faced with the same problem that we had way back when, when Bruce Springsteen so eloquently sang, we switched round and round till half past dawn. There was 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. 57 channels and nothing on. What are we watching when we actually log into these applications? Is it just the same old, same old? Or are any of us finding the niches that we really, really enjoy? Personally, I found that in order to scratch the itches that I have, I need to kind of turn elsewhere. Night Flight is an app that pretty much is dedicated to one show, and one show that hasn't been on for years. And yes, you can stream full episodes of that program. But the beauty of Night Flights when it was on was that within the hours that it was broadcasting, they would show whole movies, cartoons, short films, music videos, interviews with artists. The list goes on and on. And they've taken that to heart with the way they organize their app. There's hundreds of movies available, tons of concert films, all of these weird and obscure movie archives from all of these strange and curious collectors over the years have partnered up with Night Flights to offer a very interesting catalog of films that don't seem to be replicated in many of the other applications. <coughs> this also goes for the Shudder service. If you're really into horror and horror-related stuff, or if you really can't live without Joe Bob Briggs, then you really need to have Shudder. And it, too, seems to have a fairly consistent and ever-evolving catalog of fantastic films by indie creators and artists that are probably not being distributed well elsewhere. I mean, podcasts are actually stepping up the game, too. So many of them now offer video as a regular feature of their show. But very few actually take it and use it in a way that seems very effective, or is even worth watching. The exception, of course, is You Look Nice Today. You Look Nice Today. California King. Probably one of the first podcasts that really took the form and made it its own. And again, they're doing the same with video. Watching You Look Nice Today on YouTube is an essential way that you must enjoy the program. And while it does hold up as an audio-only experience, 
the hosts have actually figured out that we can make this funnier if you have a visual reference. Something that I don't think Scott Simpson, Merlin Mann, or The Lonely Sandwich ever considered when they launched the program originally. And this is the problem, I think, with most content and content providers and streaming services and applications, is that almost none of them actually think about the service they're providing and how they could do it in a way that's interesting or enjoyable. Certainly, You Look Nice Today is a good example. They go out of their way to make every aspect of consuming their program fun. The websites are interesting. The videos are well-produced. The podcast is beautiful to listen to. And all of the little ancillary notes and whatnot have perfectly scripted jokes and are well-presented and utilize the format of RSS feeds and websites to deliver them in ways that are unique and fun. Now, all of these things are additional to the actual video production itself, which is just one angle of how you can enjoy this program. But I think streaming services could take this to heart in the way that they present their own material. First off, let's get rid of this endless scrolling nonsense. It's not making anyone happy. It's not helping anyone find any movies. And it's certainly not enjoyable for people who write code to have to figure out how to do. Why not just let them get to the bottom of that well? We'll focus on other things instead. Won't somebody please think of the computers? In terms of presentation, it's a shame that Disney Plus, something that is supposed to embody the experience of watching Disney films and going to Disneyland, isn't more magical and is in fact extremely mundane. They have access to all of these animators and creators and Imagineers, and yet that application basically looks like every other service available. I mean, would it be too much to ask to have Tinkerbell like wipe the screen for me between pushing the button and having the show pop up? This, I'm, I'm just the idea guy here. I'm not saying you have to do that, but I mean, come on. You have the option. It can't be that hard to code. HBO Max has kind of gone with a weird and garish color palette. I guess in response to the Netflix Red that has pretty much become associated with that company when it's not on a baseball cap. But outside of a nice and strange color choice and an expanded catalog of films to watch, HBO Max isn't really all that much. Sure, I'm finding some interesting corners of it to dig into, and I return to that TCM section almost more than anything else, because it is one of those rare opportunities to find streaming content made before 1980. And we're not just talking about B-movies on Amazon Prime. Certainly, I'm not the first to point out how difficult it is to find any movie of any kind across all of these apps and platforms. And a lot of the websites that claim to help you solve this problem just seem to get worse and worse as time goes on. For example, if I'm to sit down and, say, want to watch Big Trouble in Little China... This is Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there... 
like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. How many apps do I have to go through before I figure out which one is offering it? Or if it's even offered at all? And if it's not available on any of the services I pay for, why wouldn't it be available to rent somewhere? Surely it must be. And yet, answering all these questions can be very, very difficult. In the 21st century, when we have computers with search-based technology at the center of how they function. Something doesn't add up in my mind. Obviously, we have bigger things to worry about here and now. So my complaints about the UI of all of these streaming services are not at all really of any concern to anyone, and uh, I don't imagine anyone's marching right out to get these things changed anytime soon. But consider where we are right now. All of us are endlessly scrolling through our phones trying to find some shred of hope in the news headlines. And then when we give up and decide to turn to the TV and find something to watch, our only option is to endlessly scroll through these apps, looking for the perfect match, the perfect film that will take us away and transport us from this reality that seems to persist everywhere we go. For our own sanity, please make that UI a little more interesting. Or if nothing else, just get rid of the endless scrolling. Please. You see and that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Somewhere in between a radio. Oh, hey. Broken UI. Issue 8. Contained a story written by Austin Rich. This episode was produced in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most zines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. happened was this. I thought we were here to have a good time, not talk about some random question of ethics. But it's such a fundamental concept. See, I don't like trouble. You know Angel's policy on trouble. Mm. Are you okay? You don't look so good. Mr. Jackson says that I'm fine. No one deserves this. Who can say? I'm not sure that we're the right ones to judge in a situation like this. I could now hear a very strange hum coming from the building. Not exactly electric or supernatural, but certainly something that did not sound like it should be coming from a supposedly abandoned building. Marcus Little? Sarah? Yes, let's go. It's just... What? You sound... Sound? I mean, you don't... Don't what? What? Excuse me, I'm just nervous about being seen in public. I know a place where we can go and talk. I'm just not... Want to be indecisive your whole life, or do you want to make some dough? The Adventures of Marcus Little, 
tall tales and small rewards. A supernatural radio noir from Mid Valley Mutations and Pecho Grande Films. Starring Jason Ramey, Emma Pace Jonas, and Jessica Ramey. Featured in the cast are Travis Stone, William R. Harris, Jill Honstein, Little Theodore, Tim Maloney, Jeff Parks, Annabella Ramey, Sean Royal, Stella Starr Schaefer, Jesse Sutherland, Kelly Taylor, Dash Thompson, David the Weatherman Wills, and Heather Sykowski. The Adventures of Marcus Little, Tall Tales and Small Rewards, a supernatural radio noir. Coming to radio and podcasts, summer 2020. Visit MarcusLittleAdventures.com for more information.